Super wild card weekend is fast approaching, so you know what we got to do? We got to pick every game here today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day. And a big welcome and shout out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Joe, would you like to join me in wishing happy trails to one Bill Belichick? Happy trails, Bill Belichick. Happy trails, Bill Belichick. Just like happy trails, Nick Saban. Just like happy trails, Pete Carroll. All of which, those announcements came out after we recorded our Wednesday show. Been a busy 24 hours in the coaching space. Uh, Rank them, rank those coaches for me in terms of your personal likability for them. As football coaches or as like, hey, I'd want to hang out with them. Uh, Both. Just because I know you you have some feelings about Pete, the coach. Yeah, well, Saban's number one. Like, I, I have purchased and read books by Nick Saban. I think he's fascinating. I respect his legacy. I think he's unbelievable. By far number one, right? Right there on the wall. Number two is Pete. I don't, I don't love Pete's football, but, man, he seems like a cool dude that I'd love to, like, spend time with. And I think he's, like... He'd be fun. He'd have great stories. He'd be charismatic. I think he'd be fun to play for. I, I don't like his style, like some of his core philosophies of football. And, and then Bill, like like chasm, a chasm, and then Bill. And then Bill. But from a football coach perspective, just put who, him who had a greater who had a greater career, Nick Saban or Bill Belichick? Oh gosh, they probably had the best resumes of all time in the in, respective in, fields. In the respective field, yeah. How do you? I, it's probably, dude. I don't know what's harder to do. I think it's neither's ever been done. I I think it's harder to win national championships with multiple programs. Yeah, that's pretty doggone impressive. He was more transcendent, right? Uh, Saban was more transcendent for sure. Absolutely, I think so. As compared to the Tom Brady merchant. Yeah, Nick, all day long. Nick, happy trails, Nick. Happiest of trails, Nick. Here's hoping that your your departure is the final portion of the Drew Brees curse that needs to be released so that <laughs> I can maybe th- my life. Wouldn't that be a storyline? Wouldn't that would be, be a storyline? Would be a storyline. Um you gotta feel a little bit bad for Nick Saban's wife. What what a what a massive life transition she's about, about to endure. <laughs> she has no idea what's coming. <laughs> like, what's what is he gonna do with all this time? You know what I mean? Uh, probably watch football. From, 15 minutes a day 
with, with whatever they had the right. oatmeal pies or yeah. whatever in the morning the uh the cup of coffee and the two uh, di- the diet coke and the oatmeal cream pies that he had he had two oatmeal cream pies and diet coke every morning for breakfast here's your 15 <laughs> minutes babe all right here you go now you get 24 hours <laughs> i'm sure nick will find plenty of ways to stay busy right uh we are going to stay busy here though and get into the uh afc and nfc wild card uh, we have six games uh, just to put a bow on the season that we had, the show uh, correctly picked 54% against the spread this season. That's a, a very nice number as we continue to work on the methodology of this, and we'll probably continue to adjust it. Uh, but Joe, you and I, a uh, little over 100 losses for the season. Congratulations to you on collecting the uh, in-season championship by one game, 166 and 106 versus 165 and 107. And uh, brought it down to the wire, very last game, and uh, you you chased me down. Congratulations! Both over sixty uh, percent, both at sixty one percent. So I think that's it's not good way. enough. It's not good. Well, enough. we're we're gonna we're gonna embrace a growth mindset and try to be better. But I'm happy that we're both over sixty percent. Uh, my goal next year is one hundred seventy five. Uh, so is that you know I don't I want to have less than a hundred losses. Does that get us there? Is that what you're thinking? The drafties do math 166 plus 106 which was your record if you take seven losses out of that column for the loss column to give you 99 that would give you 173 wins mm. 175 or more all right there we go we got good to have goals uh speaking of goals uh the cleveland browns and houston texans are aspiring to win a playoff game and they play each other so somebody's going to Someone's going to win. Browns on the road are favored by two and a half points against the AFC South division champion, uh, Houston Texans. And this is our first game. It's 430 on Saturday. What are your thoughts about this game, Joe? So this game happened a few weeks ago, but unfortunately it wasn't CJ Stroud, right? Right. So it's, it's hard to really glean much from it. Cleveland wins the game 26 to 20. I think what this really comes down to for me is – a Houston team, very young, C.J. Stroud's first playoff start against a Cleveland team that defensively is really, really strong. And I I feel like that's going to matter quite a bit. Obviously, Joe Flacco and the, you know, Amari Cooper, right? That's going to be back, and, and that's mm-hmm. probably nightmare fuel for Houston based on what that looked like last time. And so I just kind of – feel like the veteran components of Cleveland, despite being the road team, has me thinking a lot about them coming out of this game with a win. I'm inclined to agree with you. And you mentioned that that game was 36 to 22. It was also 36 to seven at one point. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was more lopsided than that. So that's a hard thing for me to reconcile. And Houston's only touchdown through the first 54 minutes of the game was a 98 yard kickoff return by Damian Pierce. Like they, that offense had nothing cooking. And as you said, it was it was Davis Mills. It wasn't C.J. Stroud. But I think Cleveland's ability to play coverage, I think they've got a, a variety of corner types. They're getting Grant Delpit back. He was activated off of IR. I think that's a nice add for them back into the mix. Um, and their pass rush ability to challenge C.J. Stroud on the longer developing plays down the field. I just don't think it's a great matchup for Houston. 
in that regard. And then you add in the experience element where is there a bigger chasm of experience from two starting quarterbacks on opposite sidelines this season right? in the playoffs? No, right? right? right. Like, like Joe Flacco is the second most wins of any quarterback in the playoffs this year. And obviously CJ's. Wow. Remote. I never thought of that. <laughs> I believe Joe Flacco has 11 career playoff wins. Yeah. Which Cast- is second behind, I believe only Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. Cause Stafford didn't really stack them in Detroit, right? That's only been a Rams thing. Got to the Rams and made the one playoff run. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, it's Mahomes and then Flacco. They're the only two with double digit playoff wins too. Wow. So all that to say, I, I do agree with you that I think the Browns will win this game. And I think a spread at two and a half points is small enough where, which that's what it, it's marked out at FanDuel. Uh, I think the show is going to ride entirely on the Browns in this game. Okay. And I got some pretty high confidence points in that too. We're all together on the first one. Right. We'll do the next one, but uh, we'll take our first break first. Yeah, we'll take our first break here. Folks, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Around New Year's, we're obsessed with uh, figuring out how we can change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right. Therapy helps you find your strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It's not just for those who have experienced major trauma. So if you've been thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire. That'll get you a match with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOn. Our other Saturday matchup is the Peacock game. It is the Miami Dolphins visiting Arrowhead to play the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, these two teams played. Earlier this season in Germany, Kansas City won by a final score of 21 to 14. Although the conditions for that game as an outdoor slash indoor game in Frankfurt, Germany, a little different than the ones they're going to experience on Saturday night, which I think the high temperature after kickoff is going to be negative four degrees. What's the wind? Do we know the wind factors? 10, 10, 10 to 15 miles per hour. That helps, right? That's going to be big. Um, that it's not like super, dur- super gusty. Dur- during the day, they're calling for 20 to 25 miles mm. per hour. So, yeah, it's it'll take a little bit of bite out, and it will only be wind chill of, I believe, negative 20. Solid, solid. You know, be nice to watch that one in a climate-controlled environment. That's cold. This is, this is an interesting game because I don't like what's going on with Kansas City right now at all. Um, I, I feel like there's so many questions about what they are in terms of a passing offense. Can they lean on the run game uh, defensively? What do they have right now? It, it's concerning, but obviously Miami is a, a ton of injuries um, pretty seemingly up and down the roster. I'd assume Waddle's probably good to go this week. Mostert's probably good to go this week, um, but we know the edge rushers are depleted. They're not going to have Baker, Jerome Baker with a wrist injury. Any others, Holland, is he going to be able to go with the knee situations? Um, Davian Howard, I assume, is not going to play, right? So injuries are going to matter a lot here. But what I really do like about Miami's chances in this game is their rushing offense. Um, Very dynamic ability to run the football. And I think that's really critical in a game like this where they've proven able to lean on that 
in ways that I don't think we've seen Kansas City. And I, I, I haven't quite made a pick, but as I'm talking it through, I find myself thinking a lot about the Dolphins' defensive injuries, but then how they can run the football and how their quick passing game can put stress on Kansas City, right? There's there's almost like a, some advantages that I see here for Miami going into this game offensively. Yeah, I, I think there's some elements of the game, especially the way that Kansas City has trended, where they are four and four in their last eight games since they played Miami last, mm. and then they had their bye week. And one of those four wins was the win where they kicked the, the field goal last with the backup Chargers, yeah. last week against the Chargers, right? Like it's a throwaway game. Doesn't really, like nothing to take of, of substance out of that game. Kansas City's had a lot of recent success against Miami. They've played three times since 2017. Kansas City's won all three games. Um, I do think about the edge group for Miami, and I think it will be minimized by both the tackle situation in Kansas City, and I think Miami will probably blitz uh, quite a bit in this game and, and bring pressure. I think you saw them do that a little bit more when they played in Week 18. Uh, and they didn't have those two edge rushers, and then Andrew Van Ginkle goes down, and uh, they're really prompted to to kind of tap into the well to get after the quarterback in other ways. Uh, the question, and I agree with you, is when you have to run the ball, are you going to stay committed to running the ball? It's the number one issue the Dolphins have had all season, and they really struggled their skill players in blocking Kansas City's edge guys because uh, they're they're dense players. They're big, dense players that the Miami asks a lot of their tight ends and wide receivers to block on the edge. Uh, they struggle with that. They they found some traction in the second half late in that game. There was a turnover that set the Dolphins up in plus territory. They ripped off an explosive touchdown for a score. And then on the two-minute drive situation, they had two tosses where they actually bent things back between the tackles. Running between the tackles has not been a strength for Miami this year, and I so you're either going to have to solve your problem on the edge or you're going to have to find ways to get things going between the tackles. And I just don't have a ton of confidence that that's going to happen. I think this is the lowest scoring game of the weekend, though. That's an interesting take because I think I think the over-under for the Bills is 36 and a half. Um, because they're betting on Pittsburgh scoring three points. Right. Well, so let's talk about this. I've studied Miami a lot recently, and I, I'm really, really intrigued with their ability to create extra gaps play side when you don't anticipate them being there. Like a lot of creativity with how they run the football. And I don't know, like, I I feel like they're, they're tight ends and Ingold, like those guys, those guys are good blockers, like to an extent and with the, with the receivers, how they get after people, like their ability to get in space, soften edges and get into space. It's really strong. This is this is I think Miami has a very good chance to win this game. Here's what it's going to come down to for me. It's Mahomes and Arrowhead in the playoffs. And yeah, I'm not picking I'm not picking against that. I'm not. And to, that, to say all this to say right. You know, it, it, and if the conditions are that bad and Pat throws a hot ball when he's under pressure and their guys drop it like that's very clearly a part of the factor cuz they don't have a lot of guys with soft hands. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, they got they got two guys from a passing game perspective you have to account for. And you'll take your chances with the rest of it, even without Xavier Howard, and feel like you're going to have a good chance. It's Kelsey and, and Rice. How are you going to implement Jalen Ramsey and move him around? I, I think you should continue to do that. Um, for sure. 
But Kansas City at home, I will pick Kansas City at home because I'm coming into the game with very low expectations because of the injuries for Miami. But I do see the pathway. I think this is who makes the mistake. I think this is you're going to beat yourself in this game as much as the other team's going to beat you just because of how I think you offensively have to approach playing a game in these conditions. Right. Kansas City for you. Kansas City for me. Okay, uh, four and a half point spread with the injuries that does dilute the Dolphins roster enough where the show likes Kansas City at home to cover four and a half as well. So our one o'clock game on Sunday, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers facing the Buffalo Bills. Favored by 10, but Bills favored by 10 at home. Bills favored at 10 at home. I think you would look at the Bills and feel good about hosting Mason Rudolph in his first playoff start. No TJ Watt for Pittsburgh. That certainly matters a lot. They're going to get Minka Fitzpatrick back this week. I think the Bills win this game as long as they don't fall into the Steelers script, which is don't beat yourself, right? They have uh, the best turnover differential in the NFL. They have the fewest giveaways in the NFL. They have like the six fewest penalties. This is a team that doesn't beat themselves and invites you to do that. Meanwhile, they've really found their rushing attack uh, since week nine. Uh, most rushing attempts in the NFL, uh, they're averaging over 145 rushing yards per game since week nine. Uh, they've had like 650 plus rushing performances. Harris and Warren are winning after contact. And if the, if this winds up being, there's a weather element here where it's going to be cold, but windy where you're, you're 20 mile an hour winds with gusts that can get you much more than that. And I, I think the, the Steelers have that ability to run the football and play a physical style where I don't know that the bills have a physical component to their run game with James Cook, who has not been very good after contact, especially down the stretch here. Um, And so they're probably going to have to lean more on Josh Allen and Latavius Murray, Leonard Fournette, those types of players to give them the physical element. But at the end of the day, this is the Bills at home. They're Josh Allen or the Bills are 14 and four all time at home in the playoffs. I like their chances to win this game as long as they don't get too stupid. Uh, Yeah, I like the Bills to win the game as well. I, I think the more interesting talking point is the spread at 10 points. Yeah, I don't know uh, about it's the, that. It's the largest spread of the weekend. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if this is, ends up being a one-score game. I know yeah, you, I, you said there's a an element here of uh, weather to be mindful of, and and Pittsburgh with their run game and having Jalen Warren and Najee Harris. I think there's some some clock control where the, I think this yeah. this game doesn't have 11 possessions per team or something like no. that. I think it's going to be a little bit more of a shorter possession style game. Uh, so the show likes Pittsburgh to cover 10, but you and I are both picking the home team to win the football game. Yeah. See, I see it similarly. Yeah. I don't think there's gonna be a lot of possessions, maybe eight a team, something like that. Less than 10 per team, I guess. Make them count. Yeah, you have to. Exactly. Don't turn the ball over. That's right. Well, (laughs) there's a, there's a concern with one team there. One team doesn't give it away. The other one does. So. Uh, Buffalo still plus two turnover differential in the season. I think is that correct? Yeah, because yeah. like they got to, a lot. They get a lot of takeaways. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's plus eleven. Yeah, which and I think is top three in the league. And they don't give it away. That's that's really what it is. They have right. so few giveaways. So, all right, well, we got. I didn't realize they scheduled all three of the AFC games first. That's kind of rude. Yeah, I I found that out this morning as well. So, uh, but here we are. We'll talk about the NFC next. The <laughs> NFC slate is coming up. Sure, Be sure to stick with us. But, folks, I know we come to sports to escape some of the crazy realities of life, but can we just be real for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. 
And that's pretty scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if my wife or my daughter were to get sick while a supply chain issue kept them from needing, from getting the life-saving medications that they needed. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, skin infections, among others. This stuff can happen to any of us, so make sure you visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. That'll be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of their regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. So go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. Our next game, Joe, the 430 Sunday game is the Green Bay Packers, the seven seed in the NFC, visiting the Dallas Cowboys at AT&T. Jerry World. Cowboys at home, right? Cowboys at home's a, not a small deal. Not a small deal. Be- best teams in football. But it's also, um, I think something that will help Green Bay put their best foot forward offensively as well. I mean, is there a hotter team in the last, since Christmas, offensively than Green Bay? And I know nope. they didn't score a ton of points against Chicago, but they had 432 yards of offense against Chicago. Yep. And two thirty plus points in each of the last uh, two games prior to that, and his team's running the ball like crazy. Last three weeks against Carolina, granted Minnesota, Chicago had, had some some good run game performances: one hundred sixty two, one hundred seventy seven, and one hundred twenty four rushing yards as a team uh, for Green Bay. They had then then had that clunker at home against Tampa Bay, and then they had a stretch of another six games in a row with at least one hundred rushing yards as a team. So. They do have the ability to do the thing that hurts Dallas defensively the most. Here's my concern. It's the Packers defense, right? I just, I don't feel like I have a lot of trust in it. The the Carolina Panthers scored zero points last week, zero points the week before that, and 30 against Green Bay. This team gave up 34 to the Bucs the week before that. I know that's been a little bit better against the Vikings and Bears the last couple weeks, but I, I just I don't love this Packers defense. I, I feel pretty good about what they can do offensively. I'm not sure it's going to be matter because what is Dallas winds up finishing the season number one in scoring offense against a bad Packers defense at Jerry World. I think the Packers have a puncher's chance here, but I put me down for a Cowboys win. Uh, the for the record, the Cowboys finished number one in scoring offense because they had. 63-yard interception return by Deron Bland. 30-yard interception return by Deron Bland. 30-yard interception by Deron Bland. 54-yard interception return by Deron Bland. 22-yard interception return by Deron Bland. And then a 58-yard block field goal. No team scored more points than the Dallas Cowboys. (laughs) There you go. Okay. There you go. Um, I think there will be points in this game. I would not be surprised if this was 31-27 or 34-27, something in that ballpark. I think this, there will be some fireworks in this game. Uh, I will take the experienced quarterback at home who's playing as well as anybody in the league this season uh, in their home environment. And I do agree with you that the Mike McCarthy matchup with CeeDee Lamb against Joe Barry is not a combo that I feel great about. I think they will be able to move the ball enough that the Packers will not be able to force Dallas to be one-dimensional. Now, if Dallas makes one or two mistakes early in the game and has to get 
really one-dimensional, I think that's where the pathway for Green Bay is to win the game. I think this will be much closer than the seven-and-a-half-point spread that it is listed on the books as, though. So you're picking? are you picking Dallas to win and the Packers to cover? Yes. Yeah, Packers are going to have to run the ball. But the, the thing is, Jordan Love's been so good throwing touchdown passes, right? Like, right. You, is it going to matter if Green Bay can't play defense against a good Cowboys offense? That's why I'm, th- I'm, yeah. I'm taking the over. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. So you're also in on Dallas. Yeah, I'm in on Dallas. Okay. So we'll go to the 8 o'clock game on Sunday night which is the Matt Stafford Bowl, the L.A. Rams, visiting the Detroit Lions in Ford Field's first playoff game ever. Wow. So this is a fun game in terms of, like, Stafford, Goff, playoffs. Like, was that trade, like, legitimately a win-win for both teams? Can we say that? Yeah. You're allowed to say that. And it's true. That's so – that's cool, right? Like, that to me, it's really cool. Um I get concerned about the Lions' defense in this game. But if there's anything that the Lions can do, it's defend the run, right? They're they're actually a very good run defense. Third fewest yards per attempt, second fewest yards allowed this season against them. And I think that for the Rams' offense to be the best version of itself, it's going to need to run the football. And I think that's going to take away from some of my concerns that exists in the passing game where I think Stafford's going to be able to throw it. But I think they need that run game to be there. Nobody's been able to run the ball in Detroit this year. So as I start this conversation on this game, that's that's what's weighing heavily on my mind. I think the thing that I'm worried about is the weapons that the Rams have. We know you have to run to win, but you pass to score. And and I think they the Puka Nakua combo with Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford, I think you, you you have to honor that. And I think that is really going to test you in light lighter boxes to defend the run with lighter boxes. I don't think you're going to be able to clog the line of scrimmage and play one-on-ones on the outside. I think you're going to have to uh, space the field and respect the big play passing element for the Rams. And this is, you know, a West coast team that's coming to the heartland of the country to play indoors. And I think that helps them quite a bit as well. No doubt. I think this is your upset. I think the Rams were the NFC team wild card that nobody wanted to draw. And I like so much of what Detroit has done this season, but they have not been here. And I know the Rams have a young team too. But the key figures for the Rams have been here. And I just struggle with that matchup with the Rams offense, with those guys healthy against Detroit's defense, which I still think is probably a year away Mm. from having the pieces they need. The only time Detroit's given up rushing production is against Chicago and Baltimore with a mobile quarterback. I think it comes down to running the ball and stopping the run. Give me Detroit. I think they do it better than than the Rams. The show likes Detroit to cover the three-point spread at home. So that's our, for our, our only different thus far with picks. You're going Rams? 
I'm going Rams. I woke up this morning thinking I was going to go Rams, and then I spent time thinking about it this morning, and I, I, I explained why I'm picking Detroit. It's a good process, right? I'm glad we have something, that, you know, something different, you know? Right. Uh, that t- brings us to Monday Night Football. The Philadelphia Eagles visiting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Baker Mayfield, triumphant <laughs> return to the postseason. Uh, Philly, about as cold of a team to come into the postseason as you can find. Uh, Kyle, of- let me ask you a question, a little trivia question here. Over the yeah. last three weeks, what percentage of dropbacks has Jalen Hurts been blitzed on? How many? What percentage of Jalen Hurts passing attempts has he been blitzed on? Is it going to be a really big or a really small number? Last five weeks, you said? Last three. Last three. Last three weeks? Okay, so who they can can I pull up who they played? Just sure, to, sure. I want I want to have good process here. I feel like you. I feel like the answer is a lot. I'm gonna say like forty percent, sixty nine percent. Well, yeah, you got winked twice, right? Like, <laughs> well, yeah, but like, dude, the muddy pockets, he just can't deal with it, right? Yeah, he just can't. And then and you, maybe you, that'll change, but well, right you now he can't. That with Todd Bowles. Right. Is this a nightmare or what? They're going to cook you up. Do you have any confidence in Philly? Not with how they're playing right now, no. I mean, I don't love Tampa. I don't love Tampa. So, obviously, you played some good teams in this stretch of games that you lost. Now, you shouldn't have lost the last two. It's a big collapse from Philly. They lose to Arizona and the Giants, right? Score 10 points against the Giants. You pull Jalen Hurts by before halftime, right? So, but you just look at this stretch from the San Francisco game onward. San Francisco waxes you okay. You have three turnovers against Dallas. You have two turnovers against Seattle and the Giants. You have a turnover against Arizona, and then you have four turnovers against the Giants. It's, they, they have done nothing other than shoot themselves in the foot, get guys banged up, and you contrast that with Tampa with how good Tampa's rushing defense is. And Philly doesn't have the conviction to stick with it anyway. I mean, how many games do we get through where we're looking at DeAndre Swift saying, this guy's three touches at halftime. What's going on? Tampa also had a strong showing recently against Jacksonville. They scored 30 points in that game. And that is, to, to me, like that, that type of a performance. And you, they, they beat Green Bay down the stretch as well. Mm-hmm. 34 points there. I, I think the Bucs win at home, man. And the Bucs have the kind of physical defensive line to be able to handle what the Eagles' biggest strength is offensively, which is their offensive line. So I think if you're worried about the one area where Philly could offset with a talent advantage, it's their defensive line against Tampa's offensive line. But they've they've kind of stabilized it. They're still not good running the ball. But... Uh, if you're telling me you got these linebackers against Rashad White out of the backfield, who's had 64 receptions on 70 targets for the season, he catching over 90% of his targets this year. And he's got over 500 yards of, of receiving production. And you take that, and then you think about what Bradbury and Slay are athletically looking like against Mike Evans down the field. I think they're going to take their shots on the outside. 
And I think Evans is going to win some. Really I'd pick Philly if this was in Philly. It's not. I'm picking the Bucks at home. At least we're going to go down together if we're wrong. You could see Philly galvan- being galvanized and just like, okay, new season. Let's go, right? Yep. Well, and for the record, the show likes Philly to cover the three points on the road. But not you and me. No. I can't pick Philly right now. Not on the and road. You, and you know who's had better records than the show the last two weeks? Right. Both you and I. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. We're taking the buck. So that is our picks for the wild card weekend. Uh, everybody's riding together. The show, Joe and I, on the Cleveland Browns, the Kansas City Chiefs. And that's it. <laughs> There's something different about everything else. Uh, the show likes Pittsburgh to cover a 10-point spread. But we like the Bills. Uh, the show likes the Packers to cover a 7.5-point spread. But we like the Cowboys. I like the Rams. Joe and the show like the Lions at home. And the show likes the Eagles to cover a three-point spread as favorites on the road, and Joe and I are riding with the Bucs. That is your AFC, NFC Super Wild Card Weekend preview here on Locked on NFL Scouting. I'm Kyle Krabs. He's Joe Marino. Takes on takes tomorrow. So leave us your takes in the comments and let us know what you want us to talk about. We look forward to reacting to all of your hottest takes. We hope to see you then. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday.